Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for joining us for this week's message from Riverside Church. I believe you will be inspired and blessed by the Word of God. We'd love to welcome you to one of our services next time you're in the Brisbane area. If you'd like to know more about us, go online at www.riversidecc.org.au or like us on Facebook to hear about up-and-coming events. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless you. Well, this morning we have uh, Pastor Skip Smith with us. Uh, uh, Skip is uh, heading up Alpha in Australia in church engagement. And so we're looking at doing an Alpha course within our church. So that's going to be really just impactful for the church and for the people who don't know Jesus. Uh, Skip has been pastoring all over the place. He's been very, uh, he's been at the moment, he's in Hillsong in Brisbane and Mount Gravatt, been out west. He's a church planter. He's a man of God and he's got a prophetic word on his heart. So would you welcome as he comes and ministers this morning. Excellent. Thank you, Skip. Thank you, Pastor Jim. So great to be here. God bless you all, church. Great to see you. And uh, what a great honor to be with you all. Great worshiping with uh, the family of God. Many I haven't uh, met before, but I thought, well, who is this guy? Some of you. Here's the go. So what I do normally when I'm meeting people, a lot of people the first time, is I show you a picture of my family because then you love me more, all right? Because I've got such a great family, a good-looking family. You go, he must be a nice guy. So here's a picture of my family. Um, uh, there they are. Now, my daughter got married just um, uh, about 18 months ago, just over 18 months ago. So um, obviously, that's my daughter in the middle. So that's my wife, Leah. Uh, we've been married 31 years. And uh, there she is there. That's my eldest, my eldest number one is Isaac on the left-hand side. And uh, he works with me at Alpha. He's just returned from Kuala Lumpur where they're filming for the new Alpha film series for the youth. Uh, and so um, uh, he's going to be a host on the new Alpha film series internationally. It's really exciting for him. Um, and then my daughter Sophie's my next one and her husband Will. So I'm now a father-in-law. So uh, very exciting. And then our youngest son Joey who's... Um, a lot taller than that. In the last 18 months, I measured him yesterday. He has now overtaken my wife. So see where my wife is? He is now taller than my wife. He has grown this much in 18 months. So in the last, in the, you know, it's just like with teenagers, right? So he's 13. And uh, I, we, I measured him, I think about oh, six weeks ago, and he was the same height as my wife. I measured yesterday, and he's an inch taller. And so my wife is now the shortest in the family. And then uh, myself. Uh, and so uh, there you go. So that's my family. And we all, um, uh, like I said, we're all part of, um, uh, well, as Pastor Jim said, we're all part of Hillsong Church uh, at Mount Gravatt. Uh, that's where we worship. Uh, and our family all serve there um, uh, I'm in connect groups. And my son and my daughter both lead worship there. And uh, it's great to be part of, a, of the church family. But it's great to be with you all today. And uh, great to see you. Thanks, guys. Um, uh, yeah, and as um, Pastor Jim mentioned, uh, I work with Alpha. And so uh, for those of you who don't know what Alpha is, Alpha is a way to have a conversation about life, faith and meaning and from a Christian perspective, especially with people who don't know Jesus. So if you're looking for a way to start talking to your friends about Jesus, uh, you know, you might go, well, how do we start the conversation? 
How do we get it going? Well, that's what Alpha does. A couple of things about Alpha, it's free. So it costs nothing to do. So you can do it one-on-one or as a church, you guys are doing it together, which is brilliant. Uh, and basically what's Alpha? You, you have a meal together, you have some food and you just hang out. You watch a video that goes for about 25 minutes and then you have a chat and you go, what did you think? And we give you, we give you all the questions, we tell you how to do it and it takes people on this journey like, is there more to life? And who is Jesus? And why did Jesus die? What's the Bible all about? What does it mean to pray? What does it mean to have faith? Who is the Holy Spirit? How do I get filled with the Holy Spirit? Um, uh, we talk about things like, how do you overcome evil in your own life? Uh, we look at how does God guide and lead us? So all of these questions, um, and you, so you, you bring people along and you, you go on a journey. And we find um, many, many people uh, not only use Alpha, 80,000 people did Alpha last year in Australia, just last year. In Australia, around the world, we're going for 20 million um, uh, people um, uh, around the world uh, that have done Alpha. So we're heading towards our first million in Australia of people who've done Alpha. So um, it's being it's used by every church denomination uh, in 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 the world. That's every Christian denomination, and uh, it's a wonderful tool. So uh, I'm so excited to hear that you're using Alpha, and uh, our heart is just to equip you. But as the Bible says, that's what the, 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 the ministry is called to do, is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So it's equip you, and it's really easy. You don't have to have a theology degree. You don't have to even know much about, about anything. Just if you love Jesus and you love people, that's all you need to do to run Alpha, and we'll help you do the rest. Uh, and it's just the best way to have a conversation about God. So those friends, those people, those family members you've been wanting to, you know, how do I... How do I get them to that next conversation? How do we get there going? That's what Alpha is all about. So when you guys do Alpha Next, I'd encourage you to lean into that and uh, really be part of what God's doing. But I, I get to work for Alpha full-time and uh, get to go around encouraging churches about that. And it's amazing who you bump into, right? So I was just talking to, to Deb. Where did Deb just go? Where she's in the back? I saw her outside. There she is at the back. I did Deb's um, nephew's wedding. Uh, and so uh, I know Deb's sister and brother-in-law, they were in our church. We had a church over in Karina uh, called the Worship Centre for a number of years. And uh, Deb's sister and brother-in-law over there and then her, her nephew. And so did the, their wedding down at, I think that's probably the last time I saw you, it was at the wedding uh, that we did for them down at Sanctuary Cove. And you know the, one of the most famous verse, you know, parts of the Bible you read at the wedding is 1 Corinthians 13, right? So the love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's all about love. And, and Paul talks about love being the most important thing. Three, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. It's like, yes. Well, today I want to pick up from the next verse. Today I want to pick up from the very verse after that. All right. So Paul has just talked to the church about the importance of love. He's just said how important love is and it's central to everything. And we'd all go, yes, amen, right? Yes, love is so important. So let's pick up the next verse. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians this morning, chapter 14 and verse 1. So we've just read 1 Corinthians 13. The most important thing in this is love. And so he, he just summarizes it. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Let love be your highest goal. Amen. But, what? There's a but. Isn't that enough? Isn't that enough? Isn't love everything? But you should also. Love is so important, but you should also. There's something that goes with love. You should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially 
the ability to prophesy. What? I just thought love was all about love. He goes, love's really important. The greatest thing is love. But equally, you should desire to move in the Holy Spirit. You should desire to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit moving in your congregation, moving in your lives, and especially out of all of them, the ability to prophesy. What? I don't know if you realize that, but Paul thinks prophecy is really important. The same as love. Love and prophecy. He puts up there together. And he goes a bit later in verse, four, a bit verse 5, he says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. He goes, speaking in tongues is great. And as a Pentecostal church, we believe in the power of speaking in tongues. Um, you'll hear it in, in the congregation around. And if you don't yet speak in tongues, we believe that it's a, that's a gift that God wants to give you. We believe it's a gift that God wants to give you. But even more than that, we believe that the gift of prophecy is a gift that God wants to give you. He wants to give that to you as well. See, I believe that Paul wants the church to be a loving, prophetic people. A loving, prophetic people. According to his word, a loving, prophetic people. So what does that mean? That raises a whole bunch of questions. Well, what is prophecy? Honestly, like, why is this gift so important? Why does Paul put it up there with love, which we all agree on? Why does Paul elevate this gift so high? Um, who can use it? When do we use this gift? When you bust it out, how do we use it? Where do we use it? All good questions. So I thought today we'd look at the prophetic. Is that okay? We're going to look at the gift of prophecy and why Paul puts it right up there with love and how we as a church can lean into it. Now, I know you have a friend of mine, Faileen, come through here. Is that right? Is Faileen Sparks minister here? I heard she does. She was in our church at, at, uh, over at Worship Centre. So she was part of our church and um, was a prophet to our house. And so I love the prophetic love all that she brings and so there are words there are promises that pastor jim was referring to this morning that are over your whole church as well as individually i mean you can't have failing in your house and her not bust out a word for your house or two or three every time you have it she keeps adding and she keeps bringing that word of the lord for you so what is prophecy let's let's unpack it for a bit well basically prophecy is a supernatural ability to receive and transmit a revelation from god basically it's Saying, what, what's God saying? God is saying something and prophecy is saying what God's saying. And there are two elements to prophecy. There is foretelling, which is what everyone sort of gets about prophecy. What's going to happen in the future? So there's an element of prophecy, that, and often we, that's the thing we most think of. When we think prophecy, we're thinking about, oh, this is going to happen, then this is going to happen. So prophecy is about saying what happens in the future. But there's a second element of prophecy, which actually, when you read the Bible, most of the prophet, prophetic, or the majority of it's about, it's forth-telling. And forth-telling is about what God is saying about now. It's speaking into what's happening now, and what God is saying about your now. So there's foretelling, which is about the future, and forthtelling. And often when you read the Bible, you'll go, and Israel, this is happening for you right now, and, and this nation, and this nation, because God was speaking into their now as well as into the future. So the prophetic is about the foretelling and forthtelling. So why is prophecy important? 
So that's basically what it is. It's God's voice about the now and the future. So why is it important? Why is it up there with love? Well, the essence of prophecy we find in 1 Corinthians 14. We were just there before. But let's look at verse 3. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. But one who prophesies. So when we prophesy, what are we doing? The one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Basically, when you prophesy, you bring encouragement. It reveals the heart of God. Because it's saying what God is saying, you reveal the heart of God when you prophesy. You take God's heart and you share it with others. You take God's mind and you share it with others and God's heart is love. God is love. And so you get to minister the love of God to others with supernatural power. It strengthens, it encourages and it comforts. What I love about encouragement I read this by, by a pastor. He said, encouragement lifts spirits. Encouragement eases fear. Encouragement relieves anxiety. It speaks hope. It breathes life. It soothes pain and brings calm. How awesome is that? So when you prophesy, that's what you're doing. You're lifting people's spirits. You're easing people's fears. You're relieving anxiety. My gosh, how powerful is that? You're speaking hope to people. You're breathing life. You're soothing pain. You're bringing calm into situations. When you release the prophetic, that's what you're doing. It's the, that's the quality of your conversation and what God wants to see in his church. This is how church is supposed to be. Paul talks about this, and, and the Apostle Paul who wrote this, these, these words to the church at Corinth was writing to a whole bunch of different churches. Let's see what he wrote to another church. Same author, different church, in the book of 1 Thessalonians. All right, In the book of 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Apostle, is writing to this church in this city called Thessalonica, or Thessaloniki. And in, verse five, in chapter 5, verse 11, he writes this, So encourage one another and build each other up, just as you are already doing. So Paul's like, you're doing good, but keep going. Keep going. Release encouragement. Release encouragement into each other. Keep doing it. People continually prophesy life and faith over you. That's what he wants us to do. Be a church that prophesies life and encouragement. Release it. He writes to another church, so same author, different church, the church of Ephesus. He writes this in chapter 4, verse 29 of Ephesians, Ephesians 4, 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. See, our words are meant to put courage into others, put strength into others. And Paul says, there's no excuse for speaking harshly. Well, it's just a word of truth. I'm a prophet. I've just got to tell you this. Paul goes, yeah, no, no such thing. There's no such thing as people just busting out words going, it's okay, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just telling you the truth. You know what I mean? And, and speaking harshly at people. Paul goes, let no word like that come out of your mouth. That is not how it works. I mean, I don't know about you, you know, 
Do you have people, you come away from conversations and, you know, they feel like they've got a gift for you. You know what I mean? They want to, we want to, and some people it's like the gift that my neighbor's dog leaves on my lawn. You know, it's like, thank you for that gift. We have ducks around our place. Oh my gosh, the ducks leave their gift to us everywhere. And sometimes people with their gift of prophecy, just like everywhere. It's like, ugh. That is not the gift that God wants us to leave with others. He wants us to leave life with others. He wants people to go away, coming away from a conversation with you. And that's the thing. After people come away from a conversation with you, do they come away lifted up? Do they come away strengthened? Do they come away comforted? Do they go, I want to talk to you again. Because when I spend time with you, even a short amount of time, I just come away going, oh, because that's what the prophetic does. The prophetic releases life throughout the church. That's what I love about my men's group. I've got a men's connect group. We meet just once a month together. We meet at six o'clock in the morning at Macca's because there's not much else open at six o'clock in the morning. Um, and we've all got lives and families. So it's like trying to do a night just doesn't work for us. So we do like a men's breakfast once a month. I love my connect group because I always just come away going like, I'm on a high. I literally am on a high because the men in my connect group just know how to speak life. We go around, we, we give God praise, we're in Maccas, so we don't, get this, we don't lift our hands in worship. Um, uh, but we praise God by giving praise reports and what God's doing. And we do that and we talk and we, we got our prayer requests and we pray for each other throughout the month and we discuss the word of God. I come away just like, oh, because they release words of life. Have you got people in your community who release words of life around you? Are you in a small group? Are you involved in, in places where you can release life? Are you releasing life to others? Because this is the vision in Paul's heart. This is a vision in Paul's mind for the church. He said it to the church at Corinth. He said it to the church at Ephesus. He said it to the church at Thessalonica. I want you to be people that's releasing life everywhere, releasing encouragement, releasing the prophetic, because that's what the prophetic does. The New King James Version says that, that you may impart grace to the hearers. How cool is that? That you get the ability to take the grace of God and impart it to others through your words. You can impart God's grace to other people with your words. God wants to use us as ministers of his grace. Well, then who, well, who could prophesy? You go, well, that's really nice. You're a pastor. You're supposed to prophesy. You know, like, that's your thing. You've been to ministry school. It's okay for Pastor Jim and Pavey. They, they're, they're, they're pastors. You know, they're ministers. They, they do this all the time. And it's, these guys up here, that's their job. Me? I'm just me. I'm just average. Like, that, you're not talking to me, surely. Well, let's have a look. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. This is the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, Jesus has just risen from the dead 40 days earlier. He's been appearing to his disciples for about 30 days. And then 10 days ago, he's, they watched him go up and they've been in a prayer meeting for 10 days. They're going, we don't know what's going on. They're praying together. And then the Holy Spirit comes like a rushing wind into, these, into this prayer meeting and lives are changed. Tongues of fire seem to appear on people's heads. Lives, things happen. They start speaking in tongues. It's, they start rolling all over the place. People think they're drunk. And yet God has done something wonderful. And Peter gets up, the Apostle Peter, and he says these words. He's quoting from a prophet called Joel. 
And he goes, he's making sense of what's going on. And he says, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on what? All flesh. How much flesh? Okay, anyone flesh here? Anyone flesh? Right? This could be talking about you. Let's keep reading just to make sure, all right? All flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Anybody a son or a daughter here? Of someone? Anyone here a son or daughter of God? Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Could be you. Your young men shall see visions, your old men dream dreams. Anybody young or old? Anywhere in between, young or old. I'm not asking you which one. <laughs> young or old. On my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Anybody a servant of God here? Could be about you. Are you getting the idea here? See, all spirit-filled believers are called to be prophetic. Everybody filled with the Holy Spirit is called to be prophetic, regardless of your gender, regardless of your age, regardless of your social status or your employment. And, and this is not, you go, well, oh, okay, it's pretty egalitarian. This is mind-blowing stuff. When this was written by the book, in the book of Joel, which was about 800 years earlier than, than this. So this is an 800-year-old prophecy that Peter is quoting. So that's like 2,800 years ago. This guy, Joel, wrote this. Think about society 2,800 years ago. Men and women were not considered equal. Young and old were not considered equal. Servants were not definitely not considered equal with others. Your men said, they were, they were things that you could do whatever. This was a radical thought. When God spoke this 2,800 years ago, he was speaking something so contrary to the culture in which they lived. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on men and women. What? On young and old? You're joking me. On even servants who serve in my house, like those people who do this stuff for me? Absolutely. God blew this away. It was totally unthinkable. And yet today, here we are. So if you think you've judged, you're, you're out of it, mate, God made this promise in a society which you couldn't even comprehend. And he said, I'm pouring my spirit on all flesh. All of us, filled with the Spirit, are called to prophesy. Because when the Holy Spirit comes on us, we prophesy. You can't help it, but speak forth the Word of God when the Holy Ghost comes on you. When the Holy Spirit is in you and on you and through you, you can't help but prophesy. You're like, what? How does that work? Well, when do we prophesy? What makes prophecy different from general encouragement? I get encouragement, but when you talk about the prophetic like they're the same, what makes encouragement prophetic? Timeliness. The right time. That's what takes encouragement to a whole nother level. Because you can be encouraging everywhere, anytime. You're looking good today. That's looking great. Thanks so much for that. I really appreciate you. Great. You should be doing that all the time anyway. But what makes it prophetic? is when it's just the right time. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, 23, joy is found in giving the right answer and how good is a word spoken when? At the right time. At the right time. See, this is the nature of the prophetic. It's timely encouragement. It's right on time. It's more than just good advice or general encouragement. See, because people have always got stuff going on in their lives, right? 
There's always stuff happening in our lives. Good things, bad things, challenging things. If you've got a family of any sort, brothers, sisters, mum, dad, you've got stuff going on, right? Children, you just multiply that by gazillion, you know? There's stuff going on. There's something that people are believing God for. There's always something that people are believing God for. There's always a challenge that people are facing. I don't imagine you, have you ever had someone encourage you at just the right time? They just said something and it was like, oh, that's just what I needed to hear. That's just, that's the prophetic. And sometimes you have no idea what the impact is. I remember five years ago, my family and I found ourselves at Hillsong Church as, in a sense, spiritual refugees. We'd just been through a really hard season, like life-devastating season for us. And we were in a state of shock. We were in a state of disbelief and disappointment. And we found, we just like, we just turned up at church and just were like, we're here. And we just came in the back. And we, we, we just were part of it. And very few people knew our story in those months, which is part of the reason we were there, because no one knew us. And it's amazing how God, God sees. And we, we, we know how to, we, we've been pastors for years, so we know how to, hey, hey good, good to see you, you know? No idea. It wasn't like we weren't coming and going, hi. You know, it was like, there was none of that. There was, we just like, we know how to pull ourselves up, walk in, but on the inside, my family was devastated and hurting, so much pain. And we just, we just got involved in church. We just started serving. We were like, we're here at a church. We want to be the people that we wished we had in our church, which we did. We had a lot of them. It was just that like, we're going to start serving. We'll do whatever. And so we started serving on the info, you know, like at that neck, what we called in, in, at Hillsong, our next team, which is helping people. What do I do next after anything? I need information on this. I need, we get, want to get baptized. I need prayer. We'll do that. So we, we started serving and we just started just getting involved because we thought we're just, going to get involved in church while we're just waiting for God to heal us and look at what our next was. It was a very hard season in life and um, it, was just, just, it was just devastating. And there was this young girl, her name was Mido, and uh, Mido was, was part of this team that we were, she was already on team. And uh, I remember her just coming alongside us one day and we'd been there a few weeks she knew nothing about us. She knew nothing about past or history. And we, we didn't tell anybody. We were very just tight-lipped and just, oh, hi, we're just here to serve. Um, and she goes, she goes, I feel really awkward saying this. She goes, I don't know if this is right. But anyway, she felt really uncomfortable. She goes, I hope this is okay. She goes, but I just really feel like, and she just started to share some words from God. And she just was like, I really feel like God's saying. And she just started to speak words of life and hope and encouragement into us. She goes, I don't know anything. She goes, is this, this might sound really weird because you guys look like you got it all together. But she spoke right into our pain, into our hurt, the life of God. And she goes, is that okay? And we're like, yes, yeah, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> you know? that's, that's, that's great. Thank you so much. And this, this girl who just was on team with us, knew nothing about anything, spoke just the right word that we needed to hear in that moment. And I still remember it. I still remember how I felt. God saw us. My wife, God saw, she could feel that God saw her and that we knew that God had a plan for us. And we always did. You, we always, you know, but when you hear it through somebody else, 
It was just like, it was like water to our soul. It was something we just needed to hear. See, that's the power of the prophetic. That's the power. And this is a girl just on team. It wasn't in a church setting. It was just after church. We were chatting. And so we were just chatting together. See, the prophetic doesn't have to happen just here at the altar. It doesn't have to happen in this, you know, 90-minute service. It can happen anywhere, anytime. And a word spoken in season, how good it is, it built us up. How do you know if someone needs encouragement? They're breathing. There you go. So it's like, yeah, how do I know if someone's really needing encouragement? I just think you, no one ever died of too much encouragement. All right, you can't kill somebody by encouraging them. So there's never a time not to encourage somebody. Prophetic though is, is that like you just, you just keep throwing it out there and you watch. You'll start to get more sharper and sharper and sharper the more you encourage. But if you go with an eye to go, who can I encourage? How can I encourage somebody? Who can I speak life into today? I know my, my 13-year-old Joey that I showed you up there, this is part of the culture of our family. And so as a family, we really lean into this um, uh, and so my son, when he goes, he goes to youth group. He just, he's so excited because grade seven this year. So he gets to go to youth. So he's like so excited about the going youth. He's going to youth. And his goal every week isn't just to have fun. He goes, I'm believing God for two people I can pray for. He's 13. But he goes to youth every week and he's got a personal goal to pray for two people every week. Someone that he can get around so that he can encourage and be an encourager to others. He's 13. It doesn't matter. You, you, you know, your age makes no difference. See, in our family, we try and build this atmosphere of encouragement, of the prophetic. And you can do this anywhere, anytime. You can do it at work. You can do it in your workplace. Um, how, how do you know the right timing? Well, at work, if someone's in need. And again, it doesn't have to sound really spiritual. It doesn't say, I feel like the Lord's got this word for you. All right, I don't have to say that. All right. You don't have to even use the word the Lord said. Look at the book of Esther. The whole book of Esther doesn't even mention the name of God. And yet we know it's the work of God. You can't read the book of Esther and know that God's not at work. And it's a book of God. But you know why the authors of the Bible, when they're putting it together, they wrestled over that because God is never mentioned by name in the book of Esther. And yet you can't deny that that's a work of God. Because Esther was working in a political system and an environment and yet she's fasting, she's seeking God. We, don't, we, we assume she's seeking God and there's a deliverance for her people. So you can take that same thing into your workplace. You don't have to mention God's name to encourage someone bring a prophetic word. You can say, man, I just see you there and you, you're your work colleague. Can I just encourage you and just start to speak? I really feel like things are going to turn around for you. I really feel like, you know, I don't know if you've been struggling in some areas, but I just had this sense for you. I had this sense, I had this feeling, I had this thought about you, and I just want to encourage you. I want to say that, you know what, you keep going because I reckon things are going to open up for you. Or whatever you feel on your heart for that person. You don't have to use the Lord said, and, and I'm, I'm this. Now again, you can do that as well if you wish. But the encouragement is not about that. It's releasing those words of life into people. And you go... Because you watch what happens when they come back to you and go, how did you know that? Then, then there's the question. Aha. How did I know that? Well, I'm a Christian. And I pray for you. And I feel like God gives me thoughts as I'm praying. There's the answer there. So it's not like you don't hide your Christianity, but you can use the prophetic in evangelism. You can prophesy over people who aren't even Christians and bring words of life. 
So how do we prophesy? Let me give you how we do it. This is all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to do it. Got no idea how. We're going to fix that right now. We're going to teach you how to do it so that you can go and prophesy anywhere, anytime. Are you ready to go? This is how we do it. First of all, we need to understand this. God's thoughts are numerous. All right, because remember, prophecy is about speaking God's thoughts to other people. So let's think about God's thoughts. If we're speaking God's thoughts to other people, the first thing we've got to understand is God's thoughts are numerous. Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18. Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. So the first thing you've got to understand is that God's thoughts about us are numerous. So right now, God is thinking a gazillion thoughts about every single person in this room, about you. God is thinking heaps of thoughts about you right now. You couldn't even count them. And he's thinking about all of you at the same time. And he's thinking about everybody on the planet at the same time. And how awesome is God, right? That he can think numerous thoughts about everybody all at the same time. So that's number one. So God is thinking numerous thoughts. Number two, what sort of thoughts is God speaking, thinking? What, is, what sorts of things is God thinking about us? Well, Jeremiah 29, 11. Probably you have a plaque in your home. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So God is thinking thoughts of good, of peace, of hope-filled future about every single person, about you right now, about the person in your workplace, about your, 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 your cousin, about your nephew. He's, he's thinking thoughts of peace about your mother right now. He's thinking thoughts of, of, of hope and a future about your children right now. And now you've got to understand where this verse comes from. You, you, you're just plucking that verse out. You've got to understand, when this book was, that thought was written, Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah was writing to Israel who'd just been taken into captivity. It was God's judgment upon the nation. He said, repent or this is going to happen. He sent prophets for years going, turn around, turn around, stop behaving this way, otherwise judgment's going to come upon you. I don't want this to happen. Turn around. And yet they kept going, kept going. They get sold into slavery. They get taken over by Babylon and they get taken into exile. And in the midst of all that, God says, but I'm still thinking good thoughts about you. See, if I was God, I'd be like, told you so. Duh, like, hello, serves you right, suck it, there you go, like, I told you, this is your chance, I gave you lots of warning, I gave you all these prophets and you didn't listen to me, did you? So there you go, serves you right. Now, that's what he could have been saying. But in the midst of the greatest judgment upon his people, he's going, I'm still thinking good thoughts about you. I'm thinking peace-filled thoughts. I'm thinking a hope and a future about you because that's who God is. He loves us so much. And that's why if you've got somebody that you know is in sin and doing the wrong thing, God can still speak words of life to them. You coming in and going, well, God says I'm going to bring judgment. No, no, no. God is bringing words of life and thinking words of life about them right now because he thinks thoughts of because otherwise that's what encouragement is. It brings life. It brings hope. And he speaks into dark places, life and hope. 
So how do we do it? So the team, does the team want to start coming up, the worship team? I, I call this the parable of the radio. What do you mean? So right now in the atmosphere, here right now, are scores of voices. There are voices in the atmosphere right now that we can't hear. But if I got my radio, you know, the old school radio, there it is, and I turn it on and I start to tune it in, I'd start to pick up, oh, there it is, it's 612, the radio, there's ABC right now. Oh, there it is, there's 4BH, I can just turn the dial a bit more, or I can hit the FM band, oh, there's 96.5, oh, there's 97.3, oh, there's... Oh, Triple M, right there. Oh, there's Kiss Radio. I can just start, oh, there's ABC Classic. I can just start to tune the radio in. All those voices are in the atmosphere right now. We just can't hear them. But you get a radio and you start to tune in to what's already going on. See, when we prophesy, God is already thinking good thoughts. God is already thinking good thoughts about my brother and sister here. What's your name, sorry? Becky. Becky. Hello, Becky. I'm Skip. Nice to meet you. What's your name? Ken. Ken. Ken and Becky. God is thinking good thoughts about Ken and Becky right now. Like he's thinking millions of good thoughts about Ken and Becky right now. So when I, if I want to prophesy, all I need to do is tune in. I don't need to come up with something. I don't need to think, oh, no, I don't even need to know them. Because all that's happening is God is thinking good thoughts about them. And I just need to tune in and go, well, what good thoughts are you thinking about them, God? Like tuning my radio in my heart. And so when I see Ken and Becky, I'm seeing the, the first picture that flashed into my mind was gifts under a Christmas tree. I had this little flash in my mind, gifts under a Christmas tree. Ooh, that's how God spoke to my spirit. Because often my spirit hears things in pictures. I'm going... I'm just slowing it down. So what does that mean? So I asked the Holy Spirit, what do you mean gifts under a Christmas tree? It could be a hundred, whole bunch of things. Are they going somewhere special for Christmas? Is God, someone going to give them a good gift for Christmas? I don't know. You know, um, and, it's, and, and again, I start to get this picture of, now I'm seeing a, a, a child just looking around, trying to find their present, trying to tap, tap, tap. What's my present? What's my present? What's my present? I'm going, okay, God, what's this mean? And I feel like God says, you don't need to try and find your present like a child under a Christmas tree. That God, you know, as, as a mum and dad, here's your present, you know, and you wait because it doesn't have a label on it, but God knows who belongs to who. I know in our family, my wife is the, is like, she's got a gift, her love language is gifts. So Christmas time, she gets the sacks and she's got them all listed down. The kids all have, they've got numbered and she passes them to me hand out, but she's, she's got them all. The kids have no idea and she gets them out. This one's for you. This one's for you. She's got it all planned. Your heavenly father has gifts wrapped for you that you don't need to feel the pressure to find for yourself. God has given gifts to you for you to use that come from him without you trying to seek and go, is this, is this it? And what you'll find is, is that as you start to just step out in all that God's got for you, the opportunity that's in front of you, that God will start to open up more and you'll go, oh my gosh, I couldn't have picked anything better more better than myself. And so all that your, your responsibility is, is to receive and to step out, not to try and find. You don't need to look and think, where do I fit? What do I do? 
just be because in the in the giving of yourself in your serving all that God has for you will come forth that there is no pressure that you need to put I just feel like God saying take the pressure off don't feel like you need to have it all worked out and get everything just right God is in control he has got everything he you need and at just the right time got to wait till Christmas day at the right time everything you need will be provided and it will be better than you could have thought for yourself. So God just wants you to rest in that and know that he has got everything sorted for you in Jesus name. Amen. So that's just now I've not met this just met you just then. Does that word feel okay? Was that does that does that mean something to you? Does that sit right with you Becky? Yeah, encouraging to you. Because it's always needs to be encouraging. And don't don't worry if ask someone does that mean something to you? And if it doesn't, guess what? I haven't heard anyone by encouraging them. Okay, if you go up to someone and say, I really feel like God's saying, I love you. Does that mean something to you? What's the worst that can happen? No, not really. Hey, God loves you. If your word's encouraging, what's the worst that happened? You've given an encouraging word. That's the very worst that you can do. So if your word's encouraging, you never need to fear. Just speak word of life. And if it doesn't mean anything to someone, they go, oh, not really sure. That's okay. You don't, don't, don't panic. All right, don't worry. Sorry if I'm got out of camera shot. Whoever's on, if I'm non-camera, sorry about that. Um, so don't worry about getting the right time. Just step out and have a go. All righty, just step out and have a go. So we're going to do that a, a bit of that today. I'm going to um, pray for some people, but I want us to have a to release that in the church today because I believe that's what God wants for us. You can't, you can't mess it up. If you speak in words of life and words of encouragement, I just trust that God at the right time will do it. I've had so many stories. Sometimes when I get pictures, you go, that's a random picture. Like I was prophesying of a guy once and I said, I felt really bad. He's a sort of big guy. I said, I get the picture of an ox, not, a, not a, an ox. And so I kept going on about an ox and, and what God was saying. And I said, is that okay? He goes, ox is my nickname at high school. I'm like, oh, phew. You know, it's like, I was praying for a guy recently and uh, I saw him and um, as I prayed, I said, I saw a picture of him in a rugby scrum and I said, like the hooker, like you're the hooker in the middle and God's using you to do this. And, um, uh, and I, was just, I said, is that okay? He goes, I played hooker at school. You know what I mean? So God knows just the right words to use to encourage people. I didn't know that. I wasn't like, God says, because you're with the hooker at school, I just use the words that God gives you. Just give, and sometimes it can come by a picture. Sometimes it just be an impression. Maybe not a, a picture in your in your mind. This is an impression. Like I just feel God wrap like this wrapping His arms around you. It can just like a, a sense. I don't have a picture of it. I just have a feeling. That's okay. Just go. I just have a sense and say that I have a sense. I think that God is saying. I feel like this is what God is saying. Not the Lord says, but I feel like that's happening. And that way. As long as it's encouraging and you're owning it, God can use it. Does that make sense? So you don't have to push it hard. You don't have to try hard. You just got to step out and have a go. Don't you think, well, it's easy for you. Guess what? If you're full of the Holy Spirit, you can prophesy. Everybody can speak a word of life and encouragement. I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to start to mess it up a bit. Can I mess things up a bit? Is that okay? We're going to mess things up a little bit. Heavenly Father, I thank you for that prophetic unction right here, right now. 
I thank you, Lord, for the gift of the prophetic that's flowing in this house right now. God, I just release that prophetic gift over every person that it's easy in this place to prophesy. It's easy in this place, Lord God, to hear your voice and to speak out a word of life and encouragement in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.